0: On today's test, we're. (laughs) Welcome to Testing Code, a podcast about software development and software testing. On today's podcast, we're going to cover a few terms uh, test fixtures, subcutaneous testing, end to end testing, or system testing. I'm going to cover those. And then I'm going to talk about some of my writing projects. And I want to discuss the Slack channel as well. So let's get started. I uh, got a reader, uh, reader, a listener called in, or yeah, that's not true. A listener contacted me and let me know that there's some terms that I use that people might not know, and he wasn't quite sure how I was using the term test fixtures, and so I thought I'd uh, start with this, and and I'd, I, I kind of like the format, um, so please contact me with other terms you'd like me to cover, and if I to find something that you disagree with hey get a hold of me there too and let me know how you use the term so first off test fixtures in fact it's it's a it's kind of a weird word and if you think of it like um like plumbing it's just wrong it's not like a faucet or something uh it's a little bit closer if you think of it like woodworking because woodworking has you've got clamps and things like that that go around the thing you're working on that's kind of the same it's A closer analogy is in electronics, where if you're testing a device, uh, an electronic device, you've um, got—we don't really think of the power supply or a, a measurement instrument as fixtures, but you've got, like, maybe something that holds the device down. We've got probes and cables, and all of that extra stuff that isn't the thing you're really testing is sometimes referred to as test fixtures. Um, they could have problems with them, but they, it doesn't indicate a problem with your, the thing you're testing. So that's a little closer. But really, in software testing, a test fixture is what I think of as, um, it's got a few definitions. Uh, first off, um, maybe I think of it as code that runs to get the system or data into a state before you run your test. So before you, before you run your test to check the output and possibly other side effects, the stuff you have to do before that and some cleanup after, that's fixtures. And we often call these setup and teardown. Sometimes uh, fixtures is just referred to as the data used for testing. I don't usually use it in that term. Um, and then also Django has this weird, um, I think Django's weird for saying the initial data that sets up your database is a test fixture. That just doesn't even make sense to me, or it's a fixture. Um, but I don't use it that way because I don't write a lot of Django apps. So when I say fixture, I mean the like setup and teardown or Pytest fixtures. Let's see, setup and teardown Pytest fixtures. Um, I've got notes I'm reading from. Um, oh yeah, also uh, the Pytest fixtures are awesome. And but they some people think of uh, Pytest fixtures as like to think of those as as dependency injection type fixtures, but, um, I don't really use the term dependency injection anywhere else in my life. So that doesn't really help me. Uh, but if, if dependency injection is something that just is obvious to you, then yeah, PyTest fixtures are kind of like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, it doesn't really help me. Um, I'm saying I'm a lot. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention is, um, one of the reasons why I haven't been doing a lot of podcasting lately, is because the editing process is a pain in the rear. So I thought I'd try not editing so much. So you'll probably hear a lot of ums and stutters and backups. So my apologies if that sucks, but I'm trying to get more episodes out more frequently. And, it, and since I don't have a budget to pay somebody to edit this, the fallback is just not edited so much. So um, that's it. So I I've also realized I say so a lot. So a lot of ums, a lot of so's. My apologies ahead of time, but um, okay. So with test fi- fixtures, um, it's it's kind of uh, uh, with pytest. I like that uh, a fixture if it has an error, it shows up as an error. It does if even if you assert within a fixture, it will t- error your test and not fail your test. That is different from unit test. In unit test, I actually can't remember what nose does, but in unit test the any assert within a fixture or your test function will cause a test failure and um, a non assert exception that is not handled will cause an error that's uh, a different model it doesn't i like the distinction of an error indicates uh, something happened in my fixture not necessarily something happened in my test i like that so that's one of the reasons why i like pytest If you're not familiar with PyTest fixtures, um, they deserve further investigation. I've set up a series of blog posts intended as a gentle introduction. Gentle introduction all the way up through power, almost power user level of fixtures. If you uh, you take a look at, um, go to my pytest.py, oh, pythontesting.net slash start here. There might be a dash in there, but you can see us. If you just go to the top page, there's a start here button. And there's a, in the PyTest section, there's a PyTest Fixtures Part 1. Start there and you can go through everything. Of course, all of those uh, PyTest Fixture posts, along with a lot of other goodies, are in the ebook that I've got in the sidebar. When I wrote that, it was, um, I was using it on Python 2.7. And a PyTest, I don't remember what version of PyTest. It was prior to PyTest 3, which just came out, which I'm excited about. So what about Python 3 and PyTest 3? Uh, PyTest 3 is, is awesome. Uh, and, and I've switched to Python 3 for my side projects. So that's, um, yeah, I guess that's what I've been up to in my free time. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't been doing as many podcasts is I've been completely rewriting that ebook. Uh, I, I didn't intend it as an ebook when I started, it was blog posts I pulled together so that people could read it offline, but I, I don't want to just update it. I want to, um, try to rewrite it as a book with an editor and a timeline and it's just getting kind of off the ground and it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm enjoying working with an editor, but it's a slower process. So that will, not that will hopefully be out sometime in 2017. But what about the ebook now? Uh, if you, it's five bucks now, if you buy it now or uh, anytime up until I take it down, um, it's, it still should help you. And what about that five bucks? Did you lose out on that? Um, the answer is no. When I was talking with the publishing house that's um, going to put this new book out, I said I want to I want to give back to the people that have supported me. So we're going to make sure that you get at least five bucks off. Um, anybody that I have my uh, if you've bought it through Gumroad or Leanpub and given me your email address, if you haven't put your email address through Leanpub, which is an option. You can just let me know. And say, hey, I bought it through Lean Pub. Uh, you can send me the receipt, or um, just, you know, I'll, I'll probably trust you. So s- send me send me your email, and I'll make sure that you're on the list of people to get coupons when that comes out. But it, it's not going to come out till 2017. I'm still working on it. And I bring this up because I'm I'm just going over the fixtures portion of the book right now. And let's see what what's next. Um, I I wanted to talk another term is uh, subcutaneous testing and end-to-end testing or system testing. Different levels of testing is actually uh, quite a big topic, but I I do use the term subcutaneous. I can't remember where I got it from. I think it was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get it right. But anyway, uh, end-to-end testing is the entire, testing your entire system from the main user interface that people use all the way down to everything just the whole thing in place uh, it might I still think of end-to-end testing even if it's a a, a test server you're not running on the real um, the live system but you're running something very close that still seems like end-to-end testing to me so what is subcutaneous well end-to-end testing sometimes is is difficult sometimes the end user interface like a graphical interface or a web interface or something is difficult to test. It's made easier with things like Selenium for web stuff. For other GUIs, it's still difficult and painful, sometimes. Uh, But often I really just want to test the functionality of the system, and I like to have an API that is available either a REST API or just a Python uh, API as well, or some other API that is, that Exposes the entire functionality of the system just like it would through the GUI sometimes even more and if you trust the the uh, The equivalence of the functionality through the graphic interface versus the uh, API if that and uh, most of the systems I work on it's very trustworthy that these are identical or very close then uh it's often more efficient to test through the API and just do less tests through the GUI. And that's what I think of as subcutaneous testing, subcutaneous being just under the skin. Um let's see. I think I'm skipping over a few things that I wanted to cover. Uh no. I think I got my notes so far. Uh about the ebook, please continue to I encourage you to continue to ah. Uh, I encourage you to buy a copy if you or two or three or ten to support my writing. That'd be great uh, because uh, although I'm doing a rewrite, I don't get any money from that until sometime after 2017. Um, so you can I I love people buying the book. It it sends an email to my to my uh, my phone, and I get a happy feeling every time I see one of those. So thanks a lot. Uh, let's see. You can also support the show by uh, going to becoming a Patreon supporter. Um, add more information on that at pythontesting.net slash support. I've got links there, or you can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash test podcast. All one word. All one word for the test podcast. Yeah. Why I wanted to bring that up is that I said that I was going to do transcripts as soon as we got to the $60 mark. And I haven't gotten to that. I've got, I'm getting support for 40 bucks. Uh, it says $40 an episode, but that's not really, that's a little misleading. It's a little less than that because you can limit it. You can say that I only want to donate at most a buck a month or two bucks a month or however much. And, and I like that anyway. Um, anyway I said I was going to do transcripts I haven't got to the mark but I'm gonna do them anyway um, I'm testing a few transcriptionists and hopefully soon i can get get some of those out I will get the transcripts out first to the two dollar support two dollars and above supporters and then next i will get them to the one dollar supporters and then after a reasonable delay to give uh, some some benefit from being a supporter i'm gonna I'm going to open that up on the website to everybody. Now I I don't want to hide information from people, but I do want to thank the supporters and I want to get them some benefit from being supporters. The last thing I want to talk about is something it's a little side thing. Side thing on my side project is uh the Slack channel. I've got if if you go to pythontesting.net, there's a button, you can go to slash slack, but there's also a button that says Slack. I haven't really pushed this a lot. Um, I, don't, I didn't know if it'd be useful. I don't use Slack in my day-to-day job, and or much really. But um, but I thought I wanted to play with it, and I didn't know if it'd be useful. Um, but I I thought maybe it'd be be kind of cool to have an informal test and code community or an informal Python testing community. So I set up the Slack channel and I linked to it on the site. But I I didn't really, like I said, I didn't do any real fanfare. Uh, a few people have found it. There's right now twenty six people in there so far, and I have a little note at the top. I just added this recently that says, "Yeah, if you're new, um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, like what kind of code you're testing, and uh, and what what test framework do you use? Pytest, unit test, nose, or something else?" And then uh, ask questions. And I I didn't really know what would happen. But um, it's really pretty cool. You know, most of the time right now it's pretty quiet. But occasionally somebody asks a question. Uh, and th- this was a question from a few months ago. Somebody came on and asked a question about uh, the best way to document tests. Do- like document an individual test. And that... That kind of moved on to a discussion of given, when, then, and uh, arrange, act, assert. And if you're not familiar with those, there's there's more uh, information on that if you go to pythontesting.net. Uh, look at the start here page. There's a strategy section, and there's links to both a blog post and a and a podcast episode about given, when, then. But anyway, um, so so this discussion we uh we talked about how to structure a test based on that and using using those tags for documenting and then in we actually somebody posted like a little code example of a test and the discussion split um moved into possibly splitting the tests so they don't test too much per test and how to split it how to split it into functionality versus um you know, split the functionality across or split it by depth, doing the front end test different from the back end tests and maybe a combined end to end test. And, and, and it, it's just, it was a cool discussion. And then, uh, um, one of the things that came up was the person that posted the test said, I'm new to web testing and I can't get answers from my colleagues. And, and then the one of the other people, uh, mentioned that testing is unique from application to application, and I've I've seen that I've seen that in it, that people um, don't really know what community to check with to 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 the particular kind of thing that they're testing. They don't really know who to ask for help, and I know that there's Stack Overflow and there's lots of resources on the web, but this is just a like a resource that. I don't know. Who knows? It might be cool. And the the more people we have in there, um, the better the answers can be. And it's seems to happen sort of real-time. And I think it helps people out. So it's kind of a cool thing. I, at first, I was nervous that maybe I was going to get too many questions that I couldn't answer. But that's kind of the great thing about this is I don't need to be the expert at everything. Um, you guys are all experts at something. And you can help people out as well. And it it's a little... I don't know, it's a little more private than answering Stack Overflow stuff. And it's not for points or anything. You don't get, you don't get like, you know, gold or like Reddit gold or anything like that. You're just helping people out in a community. It's neat. Um, That's really all i got for now. I'm going to try to do more frequent, less edited, less uh, rehearsed uh, podcasts. I hope the quality doesn't... Go down too much, but I want to up the frequency, so I gotta take out some of the overhead. And I hope that next month, next month, hopefully I can get more of these out per per month. I'm I'm really shooting back. I'd like to get two to three out per month at least, uh, because there's a lot to cover. It'll do smaller. Now I'm just rambling. Yeah, this is why editing is good. Anyway, uh, come to PythonTesting.net and uh, the show notes will be fairly empty this time because um i'm just kind of rambling today so what did we cover we covered this we talked about the slack we talked about subcutaneous testing versus end-to-end testing and we talked about fixtures a little bit let me know what other terms that you'd like me to cover that i can ramble on this stuff a lot so this is a good thing to, to go into these some of these short episodes anyway thanks a lot and i'll talk to you next time